You're listening to the Anchor Faith Church Message Podcast with our senior pastor, Earl Glisson. Enjoy the message. Well, I don't want to take any more time. Uh, if you've been with Anchor Faith Church the last couple of years, uh, you've heard Pastor Craig Hagan preach. We had him come in on a January. We were laughing on the way up here because the last time he came, it rained. Uh, it's raining now. So we need to believe God for some sunshine. Amen. Uh, well, this is not Seattle. I left Seattle. I'm not bringing Seattle with me. Amen. So um, would you give a warm Anchor Faith welcome to Pastor Craig Hagan? Hallelujah. I appreciate that. And everybody else, they just step right up. We're like, use the steps. (laughs) Yeah, you may be seated. I was going to step up. I'm like, you know, if I fall, you guys are going to start laughing and things like that. So so maybe I shouldn't just step up. Um, Anyway, how's everyone doing? Amen. Hope you're having a great year. I sure am. Um, no, 2020 is the best year ever. Amen. I, we told the church back at home, actually, I, I preached a message the last Sunday of 2019, and I said, you know, you need to confess every day that 2020 is your best year ever. Well, then all of a sudden, some pandemic thing hit, and a lot of people quit confessing it. But you know what? I kept confessing it every day, still confess it every day. 2020 is my best year ever. And you know what? It has been. Because we can have what we say we can have. You know, what everybody else is talking about, you know, I mean, I don't know how many people, I read it online, talk to people, man, I can't wait till this year gets over. I'm like, well, it's been a great year. But you know what? I know 2021 is going to even be more awesome. But, you know, but I'm still living, in, I'm living good this year. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited about the things of God. And I believe, you know, this year really even signifies more that, you know, the the last days are upon us. I mean, you know, they ran out of names for hurricanes this year. Did you notice that? (laughs) I mean, you know, it's, I mean, there's all kinds of things going on. And, you know, the Bible says to to, to look up because, you know, the the end draweth nigh. And and I'm excited about what God's doing in 2020. And if you're not, you need to get excited. You know, just because the world says we're going through this or we're going through that, you know, the thing is, I'm not in the world. I mean, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. Amen. The greater one's on the inside of me. And, and you know, God is my source. You know, I, I don't need to get bailed out by the government. I mean, I'm sure the $1,200 check was pretty nice for a lot of you. I mean, I'm sure, you know, um, you know, some of you probably... Talked to one guy, said, what'd you do with the check? He said, bought two guns. <laughs> I said, did you buy any ammo? <laughs> That's harder to find. <laughs> but God's doing great things. Amen. Let's start in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each and every person that's here tonight. And Father God, we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for their life. And Father, we thank you that they will fulfill that plan. They will fulfill that purpose. We thank you tonight as we go to study your word, that your word would not return void. But Father God, we thank you that word will penetrate the hearts and the lives of each and every one of us and help us to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. But we thank you that most of all, that we'll take forth the word that we 
we hear that springs forth life on the inside of us and go out to the highways and the byways and share the love of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying and hurting world. Father God, we thank you for revival to this nation. We thank you for revival to this generation. We thank you, Father, for signs, wonders, miracles, and healings taking place in our midst. And we thank you, Father, that we come not in our own strength. We come not in our own power. We come not in our own ability. We come in your strength and your power and your ability that you be lifted up. But we thank you that most of all, for the, for the Holy Ghost that lives big on the inside of us, that leads us and guides us and shows us the way and gives us utterance to speak with all boldness, the uncompromising gospel of Jesus Christ. Father God, we thank you for the anointing that's here tonight. We thank you, Father, if anyone has come tonight that is hurting financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, in any way, we thank you that we stir that anointing up to minister to their life and to touch them, Father. And Father, we thank you for everything you have done and everything you are doing, both here and around the world, and we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, I want to bring you greetings from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Rainbow Bible Church. I mean, we're doing wonderful things there, excited about what God's doing. You know, it is exciting, um, our school, Rainbow Bible Training College. You know, during this COVID thing, you're thinking, I mean, seriously, in your own mind, I'm thinking, well, Maybe only 50 people are going to show up for school this year. I mean, that was my own mind. But, but we're only like a few students short of what we were last year. And, um, and we just had a college weekend. I think we had 80 students, students that showed up for college weekend. And, and we have a number of folks that are all geared up for, we start now, we can, now you can go in the spring and, and in the fall, which is something new the last couple of years. And so we got a lot of spring students excited about what's going on. You know, you know the devil can't keep God from moving. Amen. 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 Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going we're gonna to read tonight um, from the fifth chapter of John, John chapter 5 and verse number 2. John chapter 5, verse number 2, reading from the New King, King James Version. And I'm going to go ahead and start so we can get this done. All right. It says, now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is in Hebrew called Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever, whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made um, well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 30 eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been in this condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Now I'm going to stop right here and I want to go back and I want us to visualize the story. You know, a lot of times we read things in the Bible and kind of just, you know, read things and, you know, someone gets healed. All right. All right. That's awesome. You know, but we need to kind of visualize this whole story. And so um, I've thought about in this mind, in my, not, not, not this mind, my mind, um, what this might be like. And so it said that there was a great pool having five porches, you know. So, so um, in, around that pool, it says that there were a bunch of sick people. But, but it goes on to these are really sick, bad people. I mean, it was like... You know, not just a sick, you know, a little bit. Not, I guess there's no good sickness, but I mean, we're talking about blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. So these people were in, in very rough condition. And um, so 
it says that an angel came down every certain time. I don't know how often that was. And the first one in got healed. Now, so I'm trying to think, well, how, how does that look like? Well, then I begin to think about a water park. Has anyone ever gone to a water park before? Anyone ever been to a water park? Um, one of the, the big attractions at a water park, one of the main attractions is a big thing called the wave pool. Anyone ever been in the wave pool? So you're here in a wave pool and you know, there's people in the pool. Now, I guess according to the rules of this pool, you can't be in it. But then around the pool, you see other people that, that are hanging out and, and they're waiting on one thing. They're waiting on the bell to ring. And when that bell rings, all of a sudden the water starts moving. You ever been there when the bell rings and the water starts moving? Now, most of you probably know the rules and, and, and know that whatever wave pool that you're going to, that every 30 minutes or every hour or every 50 minutes, whatever it might be, whatever the increment is set, that bell is going to ring. Now here, it doesn't seem that there was a known increment. It was just whenever the angel came down. So, um, you know, I've been to a number of pools around, you know, around time. Um, every pool has rules. I don't know what the real rules of, of this pool was, but I'm sure there had to have some kind of pool rules. I mean, did you have to stay so many feet away from the edge? Because, you know, I'm thinking, well, if I was that guy, I would get right on the edge, you know, my, my, my foot almost in the water so I can just throw it down. But I'm assuming by the way he is talking, there, there must have been some kind of rules keeping him from the, the very edge. And, and I'm not sure if there was a pool lifeguard there or not, you know, you know, some little kid, you know, and freckles and things like that, you know, try, trying to act big with the whistle. You know, I'm not sure if that person was there. All right. But we can imagine that, that there was a lifeguard there telling everybody. Now, I was also thinking, does this pool close? I mean, because if, if this pool closes, that means that each and every day they drag these people to this pool. And so that would even be more, because I'm assuming they didn't live at the pool. Like, where do you live? I live at the pool. Really? Yeah, me, me and a bunch of sick folk, we live right there at that pool. You know, we call it, you know, you know right, there's a hall right next door. It's called the pool hall. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming probably every night these people went back home. I mean, so you realize that's a lot of work to get there. And, and then, you know, when Jesus gets here, you know, understand this man, according to what Jesus said, had been in this condition for 38 years. All right, I want everyone in this room. Now, please, please let, let, let's, let's actually participate, okay? Because sometimes people don't want to participate. Every person in this room that is 38 years old or, or, or younger, raise your hand. If you're 38 or younger, 38 or younger. So I want you to think about this, so you can put your hand down. You that are 38 or younger, that this man had been there as long as you're alive or longer. And that's a long time. 38 years is a long time. I mean, that's over three times the amount of time you spent, you know, in, in, in high school, I mean, going to you know, 12 grades from, from grade school all the way through high school, that's 12 years. So if you did that three times, you would almost get 30, you know, 38. You're 36. You know, I think some of you might have been, you know, some, some Rama students I know have probably been in college for 36 years, it seems. Um, you know, we have some people who are seventh and eighth year students um, at, at Rama. It's a two-year school. To, you know, and so, um, you know, I'm like... Are, are you just going to just keep going? 
You know, actually, one of the ladies was retired. She goes, yeah, I don't have nothing else to do, so I might as well come another year. So whatever you want to do, you know, as long as you pay, we're, we're okay with it. Come on. I mean, so, um, you know, 38 years. So I just want you to get, wrap your head around 38 years is a long time. Now, I don't know how long he's been coming to the pool, but he's been sick for 38 years. Now, obviously, he told Jesus... Well, I guess we're not at this point in time, but, but this guy knowing that, that he, um, he's probably not going to be the first one in and, and I don't, it, it, it kind of seems to me that this didn't happen every day. It seems that the angel came down. I don't know, once a quarter, once a month, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what the timetable was, but there was a lot, a lot of sitting around going on. You know, I don't know what these people did when they were sitting around because the bad part about sitting around where a bunch of sick folks were, you know, you really can't be begging for food or begging or, or trying to get money or anything. I mean, you're just sitting there basically waiting to either to die or to get in. I mean, those are the two choices, die or get in. And they sat there day after day after day. We're talking about no matter how the weather was, every day. Because, you know, if you took a vacation, then the angel might come that day. So, you, I mean, because you don't know when they're going to ring that bell. Obviously, the, the bell didn't ring, but the angel came down. And the first person in got healed. So, I mean, you know, here's the thing. If, if you're looking for your healing, and, and these people were in situa situations that the doctors couldn't do anything for them or anything. So, you're willing to do anything it takes for a chance, for a chance. I mean, you know, obviously most of them had, had a, you know, as good a chance of winning the Powerball lottery as, as getting in, in there the first person up. But you know what? Somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who won. And that's why people keep playing. You know, because, you know, there was somebody's cousins, boyfriends, uncles, you know, you know ex-stepdad who won the lotto. So I keep playing. Everyone, you know, that's, that's, talk to people all the time, you know, it's because, you know, well, somebody has to win. I mean, you realize that someone has to jump in first. Somebody has to jump in, you know, so someone's going to get healed. I mean, every time that water gets stirred, somebody gets healed. And so you're going to stay there. I mean, this guy was persistent. You know, we need to be persistent as this man. Willing to do whatever it takes to get our needs met. Willing to sacrifice and, you know, and obviously there probably was some other folks that had to take this guy every day to the pool. You know, I, I mean, maybe the pool was open 24 hours. I, I don't know, but, you know, my Walmart's not even open 24 hours anymore, so I'm sure this pool probably wasn't. I mean, you know, which that's the worst thing about the pandemic is Walmart. See, I, I do most of my shopping when most people sleep um, just because people don't bother me at night, you know, nighttime. So, so you usually after 10 is when I, you know, but my Walmart now closes at 10, which I'm actually happy for that because 8.30 was way too early, you know. But 10 o'clock is just, I mean, I don't know how many times my wife goes, what time is it? I'm like, uh, in fact, this happened like three days ago. I said, it's 9.56. She goes, oh, man. I'm like, 
what's the matter? He goes, I, I need something from Walmart. I said, well, man, the grocery store is open, open till 11. Yeah, but, but she needed something that wasn't in the grocery store, part of, of the Walmart. So, you know, because Walmart carries everything, you know, from underwear to tires. I mean, you know. And the thing about, yeah, I came for new tires and I left with like, you know, I got a new pajama set and I got some new socks and I, I got this new shirt and what kinds of, no, Walmart has everything. But um, this guy had been there 38 years. So Jesus came down and, and he said these words to him, do you want to be made well? Well, no, duh. The guy's been there forever. I mean, I think everybody in that whole place wanted to be made well. Wouldn't you think? I mean, wasn't that the whole purpose? To be there, to, you know, this is a pool you hang around whenever you want, you want to get well. And so Jesus says, do you want to be made well? And so verse um, number seven says this. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. So he told Jesus, I don't have anyone to help me. So I'm never going to be the first one in. So this guy's never going to be the first one in, but he still keeps coming to the pool every day, knowing that there's no chance. Knowing there's no chance. But he still comes in thinking, you know what? You know, I'm just going to pray that, that Susie slips over there on her way in and, and that John falls over. <laughs> You know, and somehow, some way, I mean, I mean, I mean, this guy couldn't walk, you know, so, I mean, I don't know how he was, how they got in. I guess it's a crawling contest, you know, the fastest one in. See, I always said, you know, if, if I was this guy, I would hire some big, strong guy that as, as soon as, as soon as the bell rings, you throw me as far as you can and hope, hopefully, you know, you can get me past the edge so I don't get my, get hit on the way. But I guess if you, if you, if you, you know, hit your head on the way in, you still get healed anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, it's funny, but I mean, I mean, this guy had no chance, no chance, but he still was persistent to come anyway. And I'm assuming every time that angel came down, he made an attempt to get into the water. Like I said, I don't know how far it was that they all had to crawl. I don't know. Okay, you guys sit on the porch, and as soon as the angel's down, you know, you can leave the porch. It's like a, you know, like a game, you know. So, um, I mean, you know, a lot of times we don't think about all this stuff. We didn't think about the guy getting healed, how awesome it was, and that is awesome. But, you know, but this man had been there a long time. Like I said, we, we know he had the infirmity for 38 years. We don't know how old he is. I mean, he might be 38 years old. I don't know. I, I don't know... How long he's been at the pool? I, I don't know, you know. Well, this pool opened in 1972. I don't know what year the pool opened. I mean, you know. And then, then you're thinking, well, how, how, how'd they find the angel pool? You know, I mean, how they, kind of the fountain of youth over here. I mean, how'd they, how'd they find that kind of stuff? I mean, you know, who's the first one in? I mean, the first one that found, hey, there's an angel that drops into this pool. And if you jump in, you know, some guy's like, he was swimming, the angel came down, all of a sudden, oh, I got healed. I'm going to tell everybody about it. So I don't know how that works. But anyway, praise God that Jesus was around. Whenever he said, I have no man, verse number eight, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Now, I mean, that's pretty amazing. But here's what's really pretty amazing. 
The man obviously did not even recognize Jesus. Because if he would have walked in whenever, he wouldn't have said, I don't have anybody to help me. He would have said, Jesus, help me. He didn't recognize Jesus. I mean, so he didn't know what kind of power he had. So, so obviously, he must have not known that Jesus was a healer. So when Jesus said to get up and walk, you know, the man could have been saying, well, who are you to tell me to get up and walk? But he didn't question Jesus. He got up. And he walked. Remember, this guy couldn't walk. He couldn't crawl. He, could, he, couldn't, he couldn't be the first one in. But he did it. But here's what I want to tell you. Do you know there are a lot of other sick people sitting around in the porches? We don't have any record of anybody else coming, uh, Jesus, I'm here. I need help. You know, not, no record of not one other person getting up, getting healed. I mean, you know, when someone miraculously gets healed like that, you would think that somebody else says, um, Jesus, my back's hurting too. You know, can, can I get on on this? Right. And nobody did. And I'm thinking about, you know, it's kind of like the church today. One person decides to get up and do something, and so many people just sitting around watching. But I think it's time for the church to get up. To rise up, especially here during a pandemic year, it's time for us to, you know, you know, we're, we're going to get get rid of all this stuff, get off our rear ends. I was going to say butt, but I should say butt. So get off our rear ends and do something. Make a choice because, you know, as long as you're sitting there, nothing's going to happen. You know, there's so many people that are just sitting around waiting for somebody to do something. Well, if pastor so-and-so stirs me up enough... If he serves me up enough, maybe I'll get out of my seat. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get enough fire to, to, to go do that business that the God had put on my heart for the last 10 years ago. Maybe I'll, I'll get enough fire to go reach my, reach my neighborhood with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe I'll get enough fire to, to, to go out and, and, and be a Christian-type person and, and just show love to my community. You know, maybe I'll do that, but, you know, I don't know. I'm just... I'm just going to sit around here. I don't have anybody to help me. I don't have anybody to help me. I don't have anyone to motivate me. When, when we have the greater one on the inside, we don't have to look for Jesus. We don't have to, we don't have to get on our cell phone and, oh, that's my cell phone in my pocket. You know, hey, hey Jesus, can you, can you come down here and help me? You know, we don't have to do that. All we have to do is cry out and say, Jesus, I need some help. You know, but... I think as, as, as soon as we get off our rear end, he'll start helping us. See, what, what, what do you need to do? You need to stand up in faith. This man stood up in faith, decided, you know what? I'm tired of sitting here for 38 years waiting for somebody to do something. I'm going to do something. You, you told me to stand up. I don't know who you are. Because he said he didn't know it was Jesus. I don't know who you are, but you told me to stand up, so I'm going to stand up. And when he stood up, as soon as, soon as he stood up, the bones began to strengthen. And it says he walked out of that place. 38 years he hadn't been able to walk. 38 years and everything changed. I'm telling you, if you're willing to stand up, if you're willing to get up out of your complacency, God can change your life. Whether it be a physical thing, whether it be an emotional thing, whether it be a spiritual, whatever it might be. I've heard people say, well, you know, I, I've, had, I've had this business on the back burner that, that, that I really feel like, that, that, that I, I want to do, but I just don't have, 
I, I just don't know. I don't know, especially in the middle of a pandemic. How can I start a business in the middle of a pandemic? Who cares what's going on around about us? Do you know the biggest thing that's trying to keep us from doing anything right now is fear? Fear? And we have a scripture for that. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. Has not. Has not. If he has not given me a spirit of fear, why are you fearful? If you're fearful, that means that you're taking that spirit from the devil. Because it's not from God. It's not from Dr. Fauci. He's not the one scaring you. It's not, it's not from CNN. It's, it's, it's not, not from the, our, our candidates trying to tell you what's going to happen if you vote for the other guy. It's not from the, the you know, political parties. It's the devil himself trying to put fear on you and tell you that there's no way that you're going to be able to do what you think you're going to do. I mean, I mean, you know, who knows you're going to have your job tomorrow? I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, this has been a year of uncertainty, but we do have one certainty. Is that God's still in control? Jesus is still with us. He never left us for forsake us, according to what the word says. You know, you're, you're thinking the Alpha and Omega thing, you know, beginning and the end. The thing is, we're right in the middle. We're encompassed. We're encompassed in the middle of what Jesus wants to do. I mean, he has us surrounded. He has us surrounded. And when, you know, this guy, I'm looking for a man. Well, Jesus said, hey, I'm the man and I'm here. I'm with you. I'm never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. I'm, I'm with you during the tough times. I'm with you during the pandemic. I'm with you whenever you're rejoicing with your kids. But I'm with you when, when people are in the hospital. I'm, I'm with you all the time. I'm always with you. I'm never going to leave you. You know, and, and I believe today that, that, that God's trying to motivate some people to get up and do something. I mean, we're, quit being fearful. And you know, I know I'm speaking to the choir. Most of you don't look very fearful. I don't, I don't see, you know, a lot of, a lot of fearful masks out there. Not saying if you want to wear a mask, I'm okay with that. But a lot of people, I mean, I walked into Walmart the other day and this guy was walking in fear. I mean, you could tell, I mean, he was afraid of anyone. It, it's like, you know, this guy has the cooties. I don't want to get the cooties. Get away from me. No cooties. I mean, I feel like we're in second grade. You know, somebody has the cooties. We don't know who that person is. Wear a mask and keep the cooties from getting on to me. You know, or whatever. I mean, I mean, we're playing cooties again. I'm not in grade school anymore. I'm playing Jesus. And, and Jesus is my protector. And Jesus is with me. And I, I'm going to make it. Every day, you know, something else is if, if, if you're having issues getting up, you say, well, well, you know, I have all these needs. I have all these things. And, and I, I mean, you know, I, 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 I need help. Turn to John chapter 14, John 14, John 14 verses 13 and 14. And, um, I want you to notice that these scriptures are red lettered in your Bible. If you are you're on your device, I'm reading the device here. And the red letters mean they actually come from Jesus. And I think that's pretty important to know what comes from Jesus. This is Jesus saying it. N not that it's not important if Paul says it or Peter says it or John says it, but you know, this is Jesus. And what did Jesus say in John 14, 13? He says, and whatever you ask in my name, so whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, that I will do, that 
the Father may be glorified in the Son. So you know what? I'm going to do it, and it's going to make my dad happy. That's what he says. Whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to do it, and my father's going to be happy about it because he's going to be happy. Because you know what? I mean, as a father, it makes me excited to see one of my kids get new stuff. You know, I, I was showing Pastor O, my, my son Blake, who was here not too long ago, and he said he actually came here for his honeymoon. And um, he, got a, he got a boat. And I was pretty proud my son was able to go out and buy his own boat. You know, it was just a small little fishing boat. I, mean, not, not, well, I guess when, when you, a boat here in Florida is different than a boat in Oklahoma, okay? And we're talking about a, like a 13-foot you know, or so, I'm not sure. It's a fishing boat, and he's excited about his boat. He, he was out, and we've been having some little cold weather. It was, it was mid-40s on Sunday afternoon after church. He, he went out and went fishing, you know, in the cold. And that's dedication. All right, you know, I went home and took a nap. Um, he went fishing. But, um, you know, whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, he's going to do it. And God is going to get glorified and be excited about it. But you know what? There's also another verse. It says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So basically, he says, whatever you ask, and if you ask anything. You know, they say if you repeat yourself over again, you're trying to emphasize that, that I want to do something for you. Now, a lot of times, whenever we're preaching, a lot of times we'll, we'll emphasize the, the, the point over and over and over again. Try, try until you remember that point. What Jesus is try, trying to get you to remember is, if you'll ask me something, I'm going to do it. Whatever you ask, anything you ask. Do you realize that whatever and anything pretty much accomplishes, accomplishes everything? Whatever you ask. Well, what does it mean? What, what, whatever you need. Whatever you desire. The Bible says he wants to give us the desires of our heart. So what do you desire? What do you need? Because obviously if you need, if you need anything, I'm here. So if he's willing to give us whatever and to do anything for us, then why are you still sitting down? But Because he's there to help you and get you through. If you're having a crummy year, he's, you need to start asking him. Say, you know what, Jesus, I'm having a crummy year. And this is what I need to fix my year. Yeah. You know, and the Bible talks about pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Did you realize a lot of people, especially during this year, would be okay if they had 70% of their needs met? You realize most people would be okay with that? But God wants to meet all our needs. Not 70%. You know, not 80%. Not 90%. Not 95%. Not 99.99999%. You know, the chance you might die of COVID. Um, you know, he wants to meet all your needs. In fact, he, want, he wants to meet all your needs and more. Because our God is more than enough. And so many people are sitting around, you know, not doing what I, I mean, I know a lot of people right now that this year, they're kind of, well, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just waiting before I, I start that and, and get back and, and do this. I mean, I talked talk to a, a, another pastor about one of our, our big churches in, in Tulsa, and he says, I'm looking at restarting in May of 2021. I think it might be a good time to restart our church. And I'm like, you know, I didn't talk to the pastor. I'm talking to another pastor about the pastor, which is not a good thing anyway. But he's just, he's just telling me information. Okay, you know, whatever. It's his, he's the pastor. He's the head of the church. I guess he can control his own church. But I'm thinking, well, I would have restarted a long time ago. 
You know why I had it restarted? Because of fear. I mean, I know it's because of fear, because the pastor was talking about how they were in fear, and, and because um, he knows someone who works at the Tulsa Health Department and stuff. And it's really weird, you know. We, we go in, in circles. I mean, you know, it seemed that, that things were bad, and they kind of got better. People are kind of getting over it, and all of a sudden, the next thing, oh, no, it's really still bad. And then people kind of get over it, and then a little bit later, well, no, it's bad again. And so I, I know in Oklahoma, you know, our numbers were got, gotten better than all of a sudden they're trying to tell us now it's bad. And then I found out that, that a lot of the new cases are happening in the prison system. And, you know, that's sad for the, for the prisoners, but you realize those guys aren't walking around the streets. So I'm like, well, how does that affect me? I don't know, but it's bad. It's bad. In fact, in fact, one of one of the worst outbreaks is in, in Tulsa is downtown Tulsa. And I said, well, how was that going downtown Tulsa? I said, well, someone got in prison. I mean, in, in the jail cell, and they've been passing around. Well, well, that, that's not not good. But that's not going to affect me. Yeah, but it's bad. Our numbers are going up. Well, how's our numbers really going up? You know, and and, and you know, the Bible actually says, "Whose report are you going to believe?" And at some point in time, and it's okay to be cautious and, and safe, but at some point in time, you got to say, you know what? I'm just going to go and trust God. Yeah. I'm just going to decide that, that I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, in fact, you know what? It's on my money. Have you ever read that? You know, it's on my money. And God, we trust. So I'm, I'm just going to trust God, you know, and God, we trust. I'm going to believe my money. <laughs> I mean... My money tells me to trust God. So, so I'm going to trust God that he's going to take care of me. You know, and I'm going to get up. And if I have a need, I'm going to ask God, I'm going to ask Jesus to help me. It's just that simple. Whatever you need, ask Jesus. You know, oh, I need this. Maybe I should start that with my kids, you know. Hey, Dad, um, can I have $20? Well, ask Jesus. <laughs> You know, whatever. But I want to leave you off with one more thing, one more scripture um, before we leave tonight. And that is 1 Peter 5, 7. Most of you know what it says. It says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, um, notice it says, cast all your cares upon him. Now, I've been, I've been, you know, I've been in church a long time, all my life, and, and my you know, most people know my one grandfather, you know, Brother Hagen. My other grandfather, Pastor Tipton, my, my, my mom's dad, he pastored some Pentecostal churches for a long time. And every Sunday night at his church, everybody would come down. It was a thing. Get around the altar. And I remember as a little kid, you know, I'm thinking, you know, one time I was, I was in Dallas for, for two weekends. So I'm, I'm there by the altar because everyone had to go to the altar. So I'm over here at the altar. I don't know if I'm praying, but I'm over here at the altar over here on this side, listening to everybody's prayer. And I found out that both weeks that the people were getting rid of the same problem. And I'm like thinking as a 12-year-old kid or whatever I was, that's kind of a problem. If you're trying to get rid of the same problem that you had last week, you have an issue. Because the Bible says to cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. You realize... If he's caring for me, I don't have to care for myself. So, you know, a lot of times we're going through a situation. I get it. We all go through situations where, you know, and, but we need to take our cares and we need to cast them to him and we need to really cast them to him.
And then I was thinking, you know, the other day, and I was well, a couple years ago, thinking about the word cast. Now, you here in Florida should, should know a lot about casting because, you know, that's kind of a fishing term that we use. And you notice every time that I notice when people use the term cast, they cast, and you know the next thing they do? They start reeling it back in. And I think that's what a lot of us were doing with, 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 with our worries. Where God, God, there they go. And they're reeling them back in. And pretty soon they're holding on to their cares again. I'm like, I thought you got rid of those things. Yeah, but, you know, the line comes back if you just, if you reel it in. If you reel it in. So here's what I, I want you to do. Not literally with your fishing. I want you to cast as far as you can and drop the rod in the water. But don't literally do that, okay? But, but you know... Decide you're going to let God, you're really going to cast your cares because as long as you have the opportunity to reel it back in, you probably will. You probably will. Well, I didn't mean to reel it back in. Yeah, but see, what happens is that the devil comes in the middle of the night and say, hey, remember about that situation? And then, you know, then you toss and turn and can't even sleep. And what you're doing is that whole night, you're just reeling it back in. You're reeling it back in. But you need to be able to say, um, when the devil comes in, yeah, well, it's the devil. I want to tell you about your situation. He goes, well, that's okay. I already gave it to God Sunday night. And, you know, according to 1 Peter 5, 7, it's no longer my care. It becomes his care now because it says he cares for me. He cares. Now, now we, we have a place in in our church called We Care, where we help people who, who need, you know, help with food and with furniture or whatever and clothing, you know, but this is He Cares. He cares. You know, when I cast my cares upon Him, He begins, He takes a hold of those cares and then He begins to be the caretaker. And if we want to let Him be the caretaker, that means if He's a caretaker, then we don't care. So when the devil tries to tell you about your problem, he says, I don't care. I don't care. Well, what about this? You know, or, or, or sometimes, you know, maybe your, your business partner or your, or your accountant or your banker or whatever calls them. Well, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you know, maybe you need to be a little, little more, um, you know, thing. But, but sometimes, or sometimes, I mean, I've done this with, with my wife before. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> In fact, one time, my secretary asked me one time, he goes, Craig, do you care about anything? I'm like, no. <laughs> Not if I cast it upon him. You know, if you keep caring too much, you're going to have a heart attack. You know, a lot of people have heart attacks because they care. I don't care. If you don't care, then you don't, I mean, you know, say, well, what do you mean you don't care? Well, I cast that on him. That becomes his business now. It's no longer my business, so I can go do the kingdom business because I gave my business to his business, and it's no longer my business. I did my business. I gave my business to him. And if my God can't take care of it, I don't know who else can. Because whatever I throw at him, he's willing to take it. He's ready, willing, and able. Whatever I throw. And so I just cast my care upon him. And when I, when I do that, I drop the rod and I walk off. And next Sunday night, I'm not going to be back up here praying for my, for, you know, for my cares anymore because, you know, I have to, I have to renew my mind not to remember those cares because the devil's going to try to unrenew your mind. You realize that the devil's an unmind, unmind renewer, 
or manure or whatever, whatever he is. You know, the devil will try to, to tell you stuff to try to unrenew your mind. He'll try to tell you, well, you know, this and that. And that's why, remember what Jesus said? Well, it is written. That's why we have to know the word. My grandfather says the number one reason why people don't get their needs met is they don't know the word. Because if you don't know the word, you can't combat the devil with the word. You know, my grandfather always says that God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, the thing is, is well, where did God say that? And what did he say? Well, I don't know. He says it. Well, okay. What is it? Well, that scripture there, you, you know, you know the thing. I mean, no. Tell me where. Where, where does he say it? Well, my, my, my mom, no, I don't care what your mom says. Well, my, my pastor, I don't, I don't care what your pastor says. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Do you know it says that cast all your cares upon him and he will care for you? It doesn't say, well, you know, you throw your cares out there. God's going to evaluate that. He's going to pray about it and he'll get back to you whether he's going to care for him or not. No, he's not like your Apple computer guy. I mean, you know, you know, okay, I think maybe we can replace that for free, but let me take a look at it and see if it's under warranty. Make sure, you know, no, no, it's going to be $200. Well, what for? Well, I don't know. It's going to be $200. I mean, it's good enough for me. You know, God's not like that. He's not going to charge you. Right. All you got to do is say, God, man, this is what I'm going through. Here, take this stuff. I don't need it anymore. Now, if you don't have any cares, you, you realize that when someone lives carefree, you know, they're a pretty happy guy. Yeah. So if you're going around being miserable all the time, I'm going I'm to be willing to bet you're, you haven't cast your cares upon him. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that you're still holding on to a bunch of cares. In fact, maybe we need to have enough guts or enough wisdom or enough whatever to be able to tell someone, you know, you might need to get rid of some cares and you'll be a lot more happier. Yeah, right. And so, well, yeah, but I come to church every Sunday. I don't care if we come to church every Sunday. It says, have you cast the cares and dropped the rod? Because if you haven't done that, it's time for, let's just do it together. What are you, what are you, what are you worried about? What are you caring about? Let's just throw it to God. Let God take care of it. And then let, let's let him, let's let him care. He cares. And so, you know what? That's why you should get up. Because he's willing to do whatever, whatever, whatever you need. He's willing to do it. Ask him anything. And then forget about your cares because he's in control. So you can go do what God wants you to accomplish. It's just that simple. Get up. Ask him what you need. Whatever it is. What, I don't care what it is. Whatever, anything. And then quit worrying about it. Quit worrying. You know, kind of this that one song, remember? Don't worry. Be happy. Most Christian song I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, I mean, he, he was reading the Bible and he's so oh, casting all your cares. Yeah, don't worry. Be happy. You know, that's the kind of lifestyle that we should live as a Christian because you know what? How can you not be happy when the greater one lives on the inside of you every day during the pandemic, not during the pandemic? Every day we have the greater one on the inside. How can we not be happy? When we, we've cast our cares upon him, whenever, whatever we need, he's going to take care of. I mean, how, I mean that's a, that sounds like a good life to me. Yeah. But you know what? Until you're willing to do it. You, you realize that man would have never got healed if he would have never stood up. And, you know, he didn't know who Jesus was. It's really easy to stand up when you know who somebody is. Yeah. He, he didn't know that he was somebody of authority. 
He, he, he didn't know who the guy was, but he figured, you know what? Why not take a chance? I've been here forever. And when Jesus says, stand up, take up your bed and walk, he's like, okay. You know, I wish we had that kind of faith. I wish we could do the same thing. You know, when we read the Bible, the Bible says that God says that I believe that settles it for me, then I wish we could do that. Just get up. And I'm, I'm feeling right now, 2020 is a year to get up. And it's a year to move forward. And it's a year to launch forward. And it's, you know, I mean, you know, there's so many people that are looking for somebody to help them right now. I mean, I mean, they're hurting, you know, in, in their mind. They're, they're, they're afraid. They don't know what to do. So, you, you know, this is a year to be a blessing to somebody and, and to, I mean, you know, I'm not saying you have to financially pour blessings on them. I'm not saying you just need to be there to be a friend and say, you know what? I know you're worried about things, you know, but I'm not worried about things. And you know Why? Because I know someone who's in control. Really? Who's that? Well, he's even bigger than the president. He's more powerful than all the presidents combined. He's a greater one. And he wants to take care of your problems as well. Get up. Ask him what you need. And quit caring. It's that simple. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for each and every person here. And Father, we thank you that, that in this room, there are businesses that have never been born. That, that there's dreams that, 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 that have never been accomplished. But we thank you, Father, for, for the, the power to be able to get up and to go do what you've called us to do. We thank you, Father, for each and every person here, and, and we thank you for their life. We thank you, we thank you for, for just helping them each and every day to, to have, have, have the guts. Have the guts and to, to get up. And we thank you for the wisdom and knowledge that you're giving them right now to be able to, to, to go out. And Father, we thank you as we work our jobs, as, as, as we live our lives. We thank you for each and every day bringing people across our path that we can be a blessing to. I don't want to pray that, that, that you'll bless us. I want to pray that we'll be a blessing to these people. And they'll re we'll reach out and touch our community with the, with the loving gospel of Jesus Christ. And we just thank you, Father, for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.